I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I spent a small part of my military career at the Harvey Point Defense Testing Facility in North Carolina. Most people know that the base is completely shrouded in CIA mystery. The rumors and conspiracy theories about Harvey Point run strong and plenty. The facility is hidden away behind large fences and large trees. It's a fascinating place with a fascinating history. But I do hope that I never set foot there again. 
It's a fairly large facility, and most of the people there like to make friends, as is normal amongst humans. While I was there, I heard many people talking about an animal of some kind that would appear occasionally at night and scare one of the personnel. I was always one of the people who was just too busy to stop and chat, so I never really joined in the conversations. I always just heard it in passing. From what I could gather, though, the animal was terrifying. It had scared some personnel so badly that they needed counseling. I just figured it was a large dog or a bear or something. Anyway, it seemed to be a rather hushed topic of discussion. I heard many people talk about other people having seen it, but I had never heard anyone actually say that they had seen it. So I brushed it off most of the time. I never really thought anything of it. I was always too busy to pay attention, and I didn't care much for spooky campfire stories. That is, until I discovered that it was nothing at all like a spooky campfire story. I was walking through the base one night, taking some paperwork with me. For the life of me, I can't remember exactly where I was going, but I know that I was walking with determination. I had my head down, I was looking at the papers when I walked directly into something. I remember noticing at first that it felt like human skin, as if I had walked into someone who was completely naked. Only this thing was completely cold. Keep in mind, all of this happened within a matter of seconds. I looked up and staring at me as what looked similar to what I imagine a shave. Bear looks like. Only the skin was pale, and it was about three times the size of a large bear. It was scrawny, and it breathed heavily. I was completely frozen in place. I didn't know what to do. Should I run? Should I call for help? I knew for sure that attacking wasn't an option. The large claws on that creature told me that it could kill me with one hit, so I just stared, unable to breathe from fear. The creature just huffed and scampered off into the darkness, leaving me there in a state of pure panic. The sweat was running down my back when I finally caught my breath. But with every second that I stood outside, I felt more and more unsafe. So I turned and went back to bed, forgetting all about the paperwork in my hands. That night, I didn't sleep at all. I just thought about whether or not I should tell someone what I had seen. But then I remembered the way that other people spoke about those who had come into contact with the creature, and all of it had been negative. Those people had been called weak, crazy, unstable, unable to serve. I didn't want that for myself. So I decided that I would just rather keep quiet and never walk through the base at night again. The thing that scared me most about it was that I found myself constantly wondering how it got inside the facility, or if it was rather trapped in there with no way out. My name is Sam Rogan, and I used to be a Navy SEAL. My hands, once steady as stone, now tremble slightly as I pour myself a cup of stale coffee in the office of my shrink. Years of service have left their mark on me. The hair at my temples has grayed prematurely. Deep lines score my face, not all of them from age, but it's not the physical scars that have brought me here. You asked about the most traumatic thing I've ever witnessed, I said, settling into the chair across from Dr. Clark. Have you ever heard of Operation Frozen Shadow? A small intake of breath was her only response. I wasn't surprised. 
Even among SEALs, that mission was something of a ghost story. We'd been dispatched to a classified outpost in the Arctic, a state... The art research facility nestled deep within the ice and snow. The team and I were packed into the belly of a helicopter, dropped into a world of blinding white and freezing cold. All contact with the facility had been lost. What we found there was a nightmare. The station was empty. Tables overturned. Papers scattered. But it was the bodies that made my stomach turn. Over a hundred of them each one frozen in a final moment of horror. I couldn't help it. I turned away and retched into the snow, but the nightmare wasn't over. As we delved deeper into the facility, we encountered something we couldn't explain. A creature, a shape-shifting entity. It could mimic anything, anyone, our teammates, our voices. Paranoia set in. Mistrust simmered under the surface. Every shadow seemed to move. Every breath sounded too loud in the perpetual night. There, in the unyielding cold of the Arctic, we fought a battle not only against the creature, but also against the creeping insanity of our isolation. It was a battle we were losing. In the end, we had only one option left. The self-destruction sequence hidden deep within the bowels of the facility. The countdown started. The minutes ticked by. We fought our way back, back through. The winding corridors back through the blood and ice towards the exit. Not all of us made it. As the helicopter took off, we watched the facility implode, watched as a mushroom cloud of snow and debris exploded into the twilight. The explosion echoed in our ears, a thunderous reminder of the horror we had left behind. We escaped, but there was a piece of us left behind in the Arctic, a piece that the cold had claimed. That I told Dr. Clark, was the most traumatic thing I've ever witnessed. And even now, even in the safety of the shrink's office, I could still feel the icy grip of the Arctic and the echo of an explosion that had ripped more than just the facility apart. I've seen them all my life growing up on the Navajo reservation, to the point there's no fear or exhilaration anymore. One of my most recent encounters happened a few years ago. I was trying to sleep in the bed of my truck, and this strange dog tried to hop in the truck bed with me. I shoot him away and near the wheel well where the dog went. An angry young man stood up. We were face to face for about a minute before he skipped. Not sauntered or walked or ran, but skipped off. In the rest of the night, he tried breaking into my truck. He ignored me when I spoke to him. I had half a mind to shoot him before I instead drove off in the middle of the night. I am a park ranger at the Grand Canyon National Park. The vast chasm of the Grand Canyon, with its towering red rock formations and pristine beauty, is awe-inspiring to behold. But beneath the stunning exterior lies a dark and dangerous secret that has been hidden deep within the heart of the canyon for centuries. One evening, as I was patrolling the park, I heard a strange guttural noise coming from the heart of the deep woods. Curiosity peaked. I decided to investigate. But what I encountered was far from what I expected. As I ventured deeper into the woods, I came face to face with a dark, hulking figure. 
It was over seven feet tall, covered in fur, and its eyes glinted with a malevolent hunger. It was unlike any creature I had ever seen before. Before I could even reach for my radio, the creature attacked. I was outnumbered and outmatched, but I refused to give up. I fought with all my might, using every ounce of my strength and training. It was a struggle for survival, with the dark Bigfoot intent on taking me down. In the end, I was able to escape, but the experience left me shaken and haunted by what I had encountered. I soon realized that what I had encountered was far more than just a wild animal. It was a dark mystery, something beyond my understanding lurking in the heart of the Grand Canyon. And even now, as I look back on that fateful day, I can't help but shiver with a mix of fear and excitement. It was mid-November 2020. One and me and about ten friends were camping in the woods in the Sawtooth National Forest near Petite Lake. There were two groups of four people in two tents and one in a car, and me and my buddy were in hammocks near the edge of the camp. It's about 1 a.m., and we all had been sleeping for about two hours. I wake up to my hammock mate panting extremely heavily and yelling my name. I'm confused, and get up and help him. He is paralyzed by fear, he said, that he had an extremely vivid dream that there was a black figure tall and slender trying to break into his car after he had seen this figure decapitate me and the rest of his friend. He said that he woke up to the figure near the car and saw all of our heads stuck on sticks throughout the camp. He proceeded. He said to click the car alarm button and the figure began to run circles around the car and stopped, then dashed off extremely quickly into the woods. I was obviously freaked out at this point and I immediately felt very uneasy. But I told him it was just a bad dream and that he needs to go back to sleep. Him and I tried for about... Five minutes, both stricken with fear at this point, when we hear our friend in the tent begin to yell, No, no, don't take me. Side note. We had not awoken anyone else in the camp at this point. This freaked me and my buddy out quite a bit, because we had no idea what was going on. We were also very vulnerable in our hammock by ourselves on the edge of our about 50 yard across camp. A buddy's yells proceed to wake up most of the rest of the camp. And we find out that our friend in the car that my buddy said clicked the car alarm of was awake. So all of us scared and awake have a conversation about what is going on, and the buddy in the car says that he heard scratching on the window and heard something pull the door. He also said that he had seen the black figure running around the car as well. We were all freaked at this point and decided to move into the same tent. Our friend with the dream also claimed a similar murder story to the friend in the hammock. The next morning we all talked and so many of us experienced what happened that night, six in total, that we determined that it must have been some sort of being that was giving us nightmares. We called it a windigo, but we have no idea. Also, we had friends that stayed at the same site about six months earlier, and a few of them did notice weird things happening at camp at night, like feelings of being watched or feeling of a being walking around their tent. Strange stuff in the Idaho mountains. What does this sound like and what do you all think? So I'm not new to seeing the hat man. But something happened a few weeks ago that really disturbed me. 
I've seen that man since I was a child. Not consistently, but every once in a while. I've always been terrified of him, but I got to accept him more as I've grown up. Twenty, six female. He would sometimes talk to me, very briefly, and it was always like he was waiting for something. But a few weeks ago, I had been sick and right before I went to bed. I saw him again. Usually, I would always see him as I was falling asleep or waking up. I tried to blame sleep paralysis for a long time. This time, I was fully awake. There he was, just standing there in the corner of my room. I was scared, but I've gotten used to him, so I didn't totally freak out. But then he sort of pointed his finger and suddenly a woman appeared. A fully colored woman. She was in her late thirties to early forties, wearing a blue hoodie and with shortish red hair. She smiled at me and reached out her hand, and all of a sudden I realized that she had come there to take me away because I was dying. I was so sure of this. There wasn't a doubt in my mind. I hate the thought of dying. I refused to go with her. I looked back at the shadow man, almost pleading with him. Then the woman moved closer to me still with an outstretched hand, and I knew it was time. I suddenly felt really defiant and screamed at the woman at the top of my lungs. She vanished, and I was left standing in my room, shaking. The whole family heard me scream and came running. <laughs> they found me shaking with a fever. I ate something, drank something, and took a fever reducer and then went back to bed. But I can't help but feel like the hat man sent a ghost to me to harvest my soul because he knew he always scares the crap out of me. So, I'm telling my mom what I saw. Not about the hat man, but about the ghost. And she tells my grandma, and apparently the last owner of the house fit my description perfectly. She even wore a blue hoodie all the time. I had no idea about this beforehand, so I was shocked. She died in the house at a relatively young age, and they didn't find her body until it was already starting to decompose. So I'm not new to seeing the hat man, but something happened a few weeks ago that really disturbed me. I've seen that man since I was a child. Not consistently, but every once in a while. I have always been terrified of him, but I got to accept him more as I've grown up 26 female. He would sometimes talk to me very briefly, and it was always like he was waiting for something. Thought I would share my story. Myself and a bunch of buddies went camping for four days up near Steamboat, but below about 35 miles away from Oak Ridge. We camp at this spot up in the middle of nowhere. It's a nice stop, close to the river and open for our campers. We camp with dogs. Well, everything was nice and cool, until myself and a friend took our quads down river on some trails, park, then started catching some nice natives. And, you know, once you start fishing, they'll always want to move downstream, so I did that. Came up to kind of log jam, where huge logs and sticks were in the stream at once time, but left a sandbar with a little creek. As I was preparing to jump down over the creek onto the sand, I noticed the track, and it was bigger than mine. I am six feet eight with a size 15 shoe. This was about 19 inches. I measured it. I was like WTF. and scared at the same time. This wasn't normal. 
There were five tracks about three feet apart. Then my hair on my head stared to raise. It gets worse. I walk back up the hill to the trails to tell my friend and right as I get on the trail I hear thug thug kind of like when you stomp on the ground. I started walking faster, never looked back, and we don't camp that far up in the wild anymore. We go like Hills Creek Campground. Oh, I felt I was in his area, and he wanted me to leave by the thug's noises. I was so scared this kind of stuff never happens to people, only in books and movies. Every night I hear what sounds like someone talking through a very muffled megaphone outside my window. It's always far away, but just enough to still hear it. The voice changes like someone is flipping to another channel on a TV. Every night that I go out with my family around our neighborhood for walks or car rides, I never hear it. The strangest part about it, though, is that it sounds high up in the air, and it starts from what sounds like one side of the neighborhood to the other. I don't know how I was able to get from one side to the other that fast, because my neighborhood is extremely large and has small roads that aren't very direct. The noise always happens between 9 and 11 p.m. at night. I asked a bunch of people in my neighborhood if they heard it, too, to which they said no. There are apparently no events in the neighborhood nor nearby because I checked with the homeowner association and even went to town hall and asked about it. But again, they said that there couldn't be any events like that. I wouldn't be suspicious of that fact if not for nobody else in the neighborhood hearing it. I don't know what the noise is or who or what it comes from, but I just want it to stop. It has affected my mental health and sleep schedule and I just want it gone. First, let me say that this is a true story. My friend called me to ask if I would stay at his property while he and his wife went back east to care for his ailing mother. About two weeks, he asked. I said sure, and I arrived on or about 10-10-2004 mid-afternoon. As soon as I arrived, they left for the airport in Grants Pass for their flight. I was left with directions on what to feed the chickens, goats, and pets. My friends had just moved on to this property a few weeks before. He had planted a large garden, cleared some forest land for a pasture, and etc. At 6 a.m. the next morning, I walked out to the barn roughly a hundred yards from the house to feed the chickens and goats, and was surprised to see the goats in the back part of the pasture already, as they had been locked in the barn the evening before. As I approached the barn door, I suddenly found the door was open. The wood handle was over my head in height from the ground, was in the up position. I looked into the barn, and all I saw was a mess of chicken feathers everywhere. Bloodly mess also. Not a single chicken was to be found, just feathers, so I backtracked out of the barn. There I noticed these huge human-looking footprints, five-toed and about sixteen inches in length. These were leading off toward the river, which was down over the bank through thick timber and blackberry vines. I followed these tracks, which was not hard through the thickets, down to the river. There I was surprised again at finding a huge set of rocks stacked onto each other about four feet high with some chicken feathers laying about. I was then starting to get worried and quickly got back to the barn, fed the goats, which were not bothered as far as I could tell. 
That day went by so quickly as I dreaded seeing the darkness of night come on. That evening I locked the goats in the barn, put a padlock on the handle, and settled in for a long night of thinking about what I had found that morning. I had already carried in the firewood enough to last all night, and was disturbed at the fact there was no curtains on any windows in their house. Anyone or anything could see inside the house if the lights were on. I left most of the lights off. I went into a back bedroom to email my friend to tell him about his chickens. I was sitting next to a corner window using the computer when suddenly a big, tall shadow walked directly by right in front of the window. I looked into the eyes of a creature roughly eight feet tall, hair covered most of the body. Full facial features were not clear in the moonlight, but was enough to scare me silly. I was quiet, kept the lights off, and heard this Bigfoot walk onto the deck outside. I went from room to room as quickly as I could to watch what he would do outside. I was armed with a .38 special, but no way I would have shot this creature with a small weapon as this. Finally, after about ten minutes he was gone, just walked back into the edge of the timber down toward the river. Next morning at daylight, I was outside looking at these sixteen inches tracks, thinking about how heavy this creature had to be to leave tracks that were around an inch and a half deep in rather dry ground. This location is within seven miles of the Oregon Caves National Park, where another Bigfoot was reported to be seen. My wife and I were driving back to our cabin we have in the North Woods after visiting friends in town. It was a hot, muggy summer night, but it was cooling down fast, which made it start to get foggy. The road went about a half mile through a spruce bog, then up a hill to where a farm field was on the right. Hardwoods were on the left. I was in my mid-fifties at the time and did not believe in things like what we were about to see. Out of the fog from the farm field, going from right to left, came a creature. The creature was about eight to ten feet off the ground. The best way to describe what we saw would be to say it looked like a person who had jumped off a trampoline and took off with their arms stretched out in front of them with their legs bent. It was upright, however, and was covered all over with fur. It was not a coyote or wolf, but looked like a cross between a man and some kind of canine. It had pointy ears and a long snout. My wife later said the head reminded her of the ancient Egyptian god with a dog head but furry. It landed flat on its feet directly in front of my wife's van, no more than twenty feet away. The craziest thing is, it landed and jumped like a kangaroo, flying back off into the fog. Its arms were still sticking straight out in front of it. It did not act or look like any canine we know of. We had been going slowly because of the fog. As soon as she saw that thing, she stopped the van. We just looked at each other, like, did we really just see that? However, we did see it, and it still freaks us out to this day. Another weird thing is, we both felt that it, it was not of this world. It did not move naturally, and that was just the feeling we got. We don't tell many people about what we saw because the people we have told don't believe or want to believe we saw. What we saw, however, I did tell a good friend of mine who didn't laugh because he said, when he was a little kid, his father, who was a logger, used to tell him about loggers in the woods seeing Dogman. 
I'm so glad I found this website. I see that other rational people have seen similar creatures. Like some others, I was with someone who witnessed it, too. It must be really difficult for someone who sees one of these things by themselves to try and explain to others what they saw. Security guard in Salt Lake City, Utah, reported directly to me that on the early morning of August 8, 2010, he was patrolling an area in downtown Salt Lake in an area where there is a target under construction when around 1.20 a.m., he saw a strange figure walking on all fours with long arms and pale skin. Stunned, he went looking for his flashlight. When he looked back, it had vanished. He had been moving his patrol vehicle to the other side of the site and saw the strange creature when he was getting ready to park. He further described the strange figure as having pale gray skin with bumps and it walked on its hands, which had to be as long as his legs. Its head was of an abnormal shape and it didn't turn to look at the witness, so he didn't see the face. It didn't appear to have any hair on its body and it had no clothing. He reportedly found strange handprints where he had seen it, but didn't have a comm with him at the time. He didn't hear any noises, but later heard noises on the roof, as if someone was walking around on the roof. Additional, the witness estimated that the creature must have been at least seven, eight feet in height. He could make out its spines and rib through its skin, but the arms appeared to be muscular. Tonight was one of the scariest things I've witnessed, and I just don't know how to explain it. It's my second incident with the same thing, but this was far scarier than the first. So the first incident I didn't think much about because it was last April Fool's Day when husband and I were driving home from a friend's ranch. Out of the corner of my eye, I saw a flash of white as our lights illuminated something by the side of the road in the adjoining field. It looked like a stark white naked man, but he was running on hands and feet like an animal, going very fast and parallel to our car, but the opposite direction. We both saw it and were creeped out, but hell, it's April Fools, and we're in the middle of nowhere, rural Montana. People get bored and do stupid things and like to take opportunities to spook people. Halloween gets crazy here, so we figured some guy playing a prank. Then tonight happened. I went down the road to where the mailboxes for our street are. It's that rural road delivery setup where you have about 20 mailboxes at the end of the long country road. It's about 200 yards from our house and the moon's out, so I figure I'll walk over and check the mail. See if husband picked it up. When I get there, I find a neighbor not too far from our front door heading the same way on a walk. So we started talking and she had come. He's made the mailboxes. I take a peek in the box. Nothing. We continue chatting for a few minutes, then suddenly there's barking from several of the neighborhood dogs across from us. One at a time, they start furiously snarly and barking, a few of them howling. My neighbor mentions that there must be coyotes roaming around again. Happens all the time. Nothing to worry about. Then one of the dogs starts howling in pain, almost screaming, kind of. Something's not right. We look at each other thinking the same thing. Time to nope out of there. We start walking back a bit briskly when she turns to glance over her shoulder for a second and stops. 
I turned around and see it as well. It looked like a rather skinnyish but stone-white man, but not a man on his feet and hands like an animal. No hair that I could see. The light from my phone got him in the eyes for a second, and they shone for a second like a cat. There was blood down the front of his jaws. It all happened in maybe two seconds. Three. Very fast. Then he bolted after us, and we ran as well. My neighbor doesn't chain or fence in her dog as we're animal lovers ourselves and like having the extra protection from him wandering as well. So she starts yelling out the dog's name and he comes running out from his spot between our houses. He must have smelled this thing or heard it coming because he made a beeline past us, growling and snarling like crazy. We reached my husband's woodworking shed first, so we hid in there and I locked the doors and windows while she called the cops. All we could do was wait and hide in the shed while she told the cops to come out, hearing her dog barking and attacking whatever the thing was. After a couple of minutes, she was off the phone, and we were hiding behind boxes of stuff away from the windows. I don't know how long we were there before she whispered that the dog isn't barking anymore. He wasn't making any noises at all. A few moments after that, we heard crunching from outside. Something started... "'scratching slow and hard against the front door "'and part of the wall next to it. "'I'm not too proud to admit that I pissed myself a little bit "'and had to throw my hands over my mouth to keep from screaming. "'She was staring at the door, not moving, "'so I know I wasn't overreacting or going hysterical for nothing. "'It seemed like forever, but eventually we saw the lights from the cops "'coming up the long road and the scratching stopped. Whatever it was ran off because we heard the noise of leaves crunching hard and fast away from the door. She was the brave one with the guts to peek out the window to wave at the cops when they got close enough. When they got near, we ran out to the cop cars and told them we saw something Kinderman who chased us. She pointed out the direction we had gone and ran back, mentioned the sounds of the dogs in the opposite neighborhood a few yards from the mailboxes. She said our dog came to help us and we hid in the shed. The cop taking our statement said that someone else had called a few minutes before she did and said there was a wolf or something in their backyard that killed some chickens and their dog and the neighbor down from her saw this thing too. The other cop found my neighbor's dog laying on the ground with what looks like deep claw wounds and he was having trouble breathing. As he was helping to bundle up the dog to let the vet come out to pick him up, he mentioned how it looked almost like a bear attack. But what we were describing wasn't a bear. So here I'll give a description of both what the neighbor, down from the owner of the dead dog, described and what we saw. The neighbor said it looked like a stark, white, naked man, quite tall, wearing the skin of a bear, a bison, brown-furred, and, and head attached, blood coming from his mouth in front of his chest, very long arm. She caught him, crouching over the dead dog, turned in the back porch light, and he stood stunned for a few seconds before running off. What we saw was a pale white man without hair, naked and with long arms. Eyes glowed like a cat for a split second in my flash of light. Reddish glow, skinny. When he started running after us, it wasn't awkward like a guy trying to run on his hands and feet. It was like a person, but not a person on his hands and feet, but very much in control of his movements like an animal. This isn't the first time this kind of thing has happened. It's not the first time I've heard of odd things. Montana is one of those kinds of places where many odd and unexplainable things live and happen. 
were mostly a mix of huge forest land, mountains, and open plains. Lots of places for things you don't normally expect to seek and hide around here, but it's the first time something odd has come after me in the dark. It's been a couple of hours and I'm still shaking. I called my best friend and she mentioned posting it here because she's heard about some of these Reddit forums from YouTube videos. We're not the only ones seeing things like this, and she thought someone here might be able to help figure this whole thing out. Thanks in advance. This story goes back probably when I had between 10 or 12 years old. I can't describe if it was either a paranormal experience or an alien experience, however, when old told this to my sister, she told me she experienced the same thing. I couldn't sleep. And I was watching Adventure Time before midnight. I can't remember the episode, however, something was off when suddenly the signal changed to a scene. A background of three humanoid-shaped black silhouettes standing on top of the hill on the screen, while behind them, some strobe-like red. Lights and black stripes were flashing rapidly, swapping positions with each other, looking like sun rays or the flag of the Japanese Empire. This went on for about ten seconds or so, and a very unsettling sound was playing in the background. It was almost like a shepherd tone. I was petrified and confused on whatever the hell I just witnessed, since this was never aired on the original episode and what kind of signal-capturing interruption was going on, because it was short and didn't mean anything. It was very odd. I felt very uncomfortable and terrified for a moment. About thirty seconds pass, and behind my window's curtains I see bright but dim green light pass by. It was almost like if a car's headlight passed by, but it was no car since my room is on the second floor, and in front of my window there's a roof, so no cars obviously, but that light passing behind my window was as fast as a moving vehicle. Thirty seconds later, my whole room began to shake violently up, and down like a very strong vibration, and I couldn't sleep after an hour because I couldn't process what just happened. It's been almost ten years, and I'm telling this to my older sister detail by detail. And she got goosebumps after I finished, because she told me she had the same experience, however, and entity came to visit her. She was very lucid and said out loud, Is this real? Is this really happening? What is happening? She described this entity to me as looking like the little girl from the movie The Ring. And she responded to her, saying, yes, it is, and you don't have to be afraid, and went away. She couldn't sleep for an hour and began to cry after that hour passed. That's my story. I'll try to post the pictures of some drawings trying to recreate the event. <laughs>